from the impact that we've been having since we first um, introduced our protocol, we've got a really full pipeline. So without putting numbers on it, it seems like there are hundreds of companies wanting to implement blockchain as part of their ongoing strategies to market. Evoke Ag by AgriFutures is an event unlike any other. For the first time in Australia, an event brought together the entire ecosystem. And when you bring all these people together under one roof, great things start happening. That was Evoke Ag, held in Melbourne in 2019, and this is the best of Evoke Ag, the podcast series where I, Flair Anderson, and Sky Manson explore the themes, highlights, and big stories from AgriFuture Australia's signature event. As the Australian startup ecosystem matures, technology, data and the internet of things will play a much bigger part in the competitiveness of Australia's food and farming sector. Traceability and blockchain technologies are rapidly taking hold in other global markets and are expected to move into Australia in a bigger way within the next five years. This podcast explains what blockchain is, its advantages and challenges and how producers can gain value from getting involved. No doubt many of you have heard the term blockchain bandied about. So what is all the hype? Emma Weston is the CEO and co-founder of AgriDigital and she explained to Sky Manson when she first realised blockchain was something to be taken seriously. So I guess that after we uh, started AgriDigital in late 2015 and we started looking at the problems that we were wanting to solve for around digitisation of the supply chain, transaction and payment security, access to finance and asset integrity, we realised that emerging technologies like blockchain were going to be terribly useful um, and were likely to form part of the, the future solution. Whether or not we think that farmers and supply chain participants are completely ready for that technology is actually a different, you know, a different answer, I think. So we knew really early on blockchain was going to be part of the solution, but that we'd have to actually take farmers and others on a product and technology journey so that blockchain could be useful for them. So, but what was it within that you knowing that triggered it? What was your like aha moment or the light bulb moment, I suppose, where you're like, oh, wow, yeah, this is, this is, is something that we need to be on. Yeah, so my aha moment was the fact that we actually had three really clear problems we wanted to solve for at AgriDigital from the very beginning. And when I looked at blockchain and started investigating what it actually did as a technology, I realised that it actually contributed to the solution for all three of those problems. So that was the aha moment. There was Here was a technology that was coming out that had auditability and record keeping um, capability. It was actually inbuilt to enable real-time title transfer and payment and value exchange, and therefore had both asset as well as transaction and payments security uh, attributes, which is exactly what we wanted to solve for in the supply chain. When do you think uh, producers and, and farmers will be ready? So I guess it's like any technology, we need to think about the user you know, front and foremost when we're actually building out products and the technology itself is not a product, so it's actually the product that we build on top of the technology that's really important and from a user perspective, I think we're probably three to five years away from users being really, really comfortable with the underlying technology, but I'd like to think somewhat like we don't really refer to having an internet strategy anymore, uh, we won't have blockchain strategies, we won't think about it in quite that way, we'll just be looking at whether the products themselves are beneficial and useful. I actually think that the technology is moving so quickly it's been um, grown out across a very large community and the network of users is actually growing on a daily basis so the ability for this technology to mature into a product that meets the market needs is, is actually almost just around the corner. 
And just talk a little bit around, because blockchain for people is still a very new thing, blockchain and provenance and, and how it actually helps them connect with the producer and the, and the end user. So if we think about what we're trying to achieve with provenance, um, and there's an increasingly expanding definition of what provenance is, it probably started as proof of origin, and now it's really expanding into whole of supply chain integrity and assurance. So this is how has my good been produced, how has it been transported, how has it been stored, how has it been processed, and from a consumer perspective, the marketing and health claims that might be being made about a product, do they actually have integrity behind them and can I access the proof points? So that's sort of what the provenance story is, I guess, and where blockchain comes comes in is that when you want to access those proof points, when you want to say where is the integrity held, you access the technology being blockchain as a record keeping system for those proof points. So that's all that blockchain really does. It is a um, like a really, really large database or if you prefer a data store where we can actually as a global um, community contribute data to an agricultural or a food asset and when that asset becomes a good that's sold in a store, we can pull out that data as a consumer and verify whatever information we, we wish to verify. So in fact the provenance piece is separate? Yeah, I think provenance is like a service or, a, or, or you can think about it as blockchain as enabling provenance rather than blockchain and provenance being one and the same. So how many people are using blockchain at the moment in Australia and how does that compare globally? Well, I guess from the impact that we've been having since we first um, introduced our protocol we've got a really full pipeline so without putting numbers on it it seems like there are hundreds of companies wanting to implement blockchain as part of their ongoing strategies to market um, and that's globally and I would say that Australia is probably not in the lead pack so we're probably getting more interest out of North America South America and Europe. When do you think Australia will kick into gear? Look, I'd like to think that it'd be pretty quick, um, you know, but sometimes when you have a very strong brand and market like Brand Australia, um, the, the, the pressure to then create those proof points may not be as great as it is in other countries who don't have the advantage of such a strong, clean, green brand and market and are looking at other ways to differentiate themselves. So I think Australia should get on board really quickly, um, but it is true that we're seeing probably more movement from outside of Australia at the moment. Emma Weston, co-founder of AgriDigital's business team, that previously had much experience in Australia's grains industry. She explains where the opportunities are for blockchain and Australian producers of bulk commodities. Yeah, so one of the challenges with bulk commodities are in fact that they're, they're produced, delivered, transported in bulk and that they're often bulked and debulked throughout the chain. And so this causes you know, some complexity when thinking about provenance in the in in terms of where has something come from because we're commingling throughout the chain um, and commingling at multiple points. So I think the opportunities for bulk commodity um, producers are not necessarily just relegated to the provenance um, part of blockchain from an attribute perspective, but thinking about how they can contribute to a data set and how that data set might be able to be monetized um, at some point in the future. So think about, I've grown this, I've got information about how it was grown, I'm actually going to post it to a digital asset that's held on chain and that digital asset is going to be inspected by uh, a, a processor or by a consumer down the track. Um, if that data is useful, it can actually form part of 
the value proposition to that consumer and they may be willing to pay for it or part of their purchase price may be attributable back to uh, the producer. And blockchain's really good at being able to fractionalise value and return that back to a producer. So that's one opportunity. A second opportunity is actually being able to create standard sets of digital assets that are then able to be financed or managed from a risk perspective. So when we're looking at how we can enable farmers through the supply chain, it's not just enabling them through technology, it's enabling them through good access to capital. And blockchain can actually be a foundational element in opening up access to capital. Another player in this space is BlockBit Solutions, led by Rian Zhao Ram. It's a new supply chain traceability product, iTrazo. It was the winner of the 2018 Information Technology and Management Award by Supply Chain Logistics Australia. And she talked to Sky Manson about how it works. iTrazo is our traceability platform. So it is a complete end-to-end supply chain traceability platform that allows um, everybody that's involved in the supply chain process, the, the grower, the processor, the manufacturers, the distributors, the logistics company, uh, the wholesalers, the retailers and the consumers to all... Be, you know, all come together and be able to see the the, the journey of a product um, or an asset throughout the supply chain. So anyone can start or initiate the process of using Iron to show traceability. But then there needs to be a buy-in from everyone that's involved in the supply chain to be able to com- to um, to provide that complete end-to-end traceability. Mm. Yeah, who, who who within the supply chain are you approaching to start using traceability? Uh, we are approaching um, the farmers, um, the growers, uh, obviously, because um, they are the ones who are most interested in knowing exactly where the goods end up, and they want to be able to get a bit more value back for their product for themselves. You know, there's multiple, there's the third-party handlers, the unnecessary handlers that are in the supply chain that they can eliminate to put some of the uh, revenue or the um, back into the farmer's pocket and that they are the ones who are initiating or wanting to see um, the whole traceability of, of their produce. How does the revenue end up back in their pocket? Um, well, right now, if you look within the supply chain, there's multiple handlers. So there's the wholesalers, there's the distributors and then um, the retailers. But if if everything was transparent on a single um, platform, then they can see whether it's necessary for them to have the multiple handlers that are in, in, in the supply chain. So that can remove some of the cost for the actual farmer and the grower um, and bring that money back into their pocket. And what's your journey been like in dealing with those multiple levels within the supply chain and trying to get everybody on the traceability bandwagon? So right now we, we, we're seeing that the, um, the logistics companies, the farmers, um, the manufacturers, they're all keen to see traceability. The, the, the place where we're seeing the most resistance is out at the retail end. The retailers are the most reluctant um, to actually show traceability back to the consumer to see you know where these goods come from where the produce come from so um australia new zealand we, we're seeing this this culture where the retailers are resistant whereas um if you look at globally uh, you look at walmart which has mandated that all their suppliers should be on a blockchain platform by next year so that's uh, that is going to change. The dynamics are going to change here in Australia for us as well. That we we will uh, the the retailers will be forced to provide um, a provenance for and provide that whole traceability uh, for the products and where the products are sourced from. And so, what's your prediction when as to when we're going to see yes blockchain become a part of 
a necessity, uh, a more mainstream necessity, I suppose, um, if you want to supply your product to a larger retailer. I think there'll be a significant shift in the next 12 to 18 months and you'll see more and more um, growers in the whole ag tech um, sector, the agriculture sector and where ag tech is going now, that you'll see more and more of uh, of the platforms like iTrazor coming on board and and where the growers and the manufacturers are forcing the hands of those involved in the supply chain to get on to a traceability platform and provide that whole complete transparency across uh, the supply chain. That was Blockbit Solutions' Rianne Zhao, saying it won't be long before traceability is a requirement from retailers in Australia. And as with any new technology, there are many hurdles to adoption. Rianne Zhao Ram explains the feedback she's been getting. The, the perception, I guess, uh, with, with, the, uh, with the producers at the moment is that technology is very expensive. So that's the first thing where the, the reluctance for adoption is the mindset that technology is very um, expensive. Whereas we are offering um, our, you know, our platform, iTrazor, is a cloud-based platform, is a software as a service or platform as a service, as you may call it. Um, and that is, you know, that doesn't accumulate a huge number of costs for the producer up front. It's they can go onto the platform, they can start using the platform without having to go and buy any hardware or, in, or implementing or making changes within their environment. And if you look at it, there's the, every producer out there at the moment has got multiple systems, so we're cutting back on their IT costs to an extent. Uh, the other challenge that we're finding is because our starting point, the whole iTrazor platform is, you know, we start off with um, Internet of Things, which is what is um, where we are actually is we getting the data from, is that finding the right... Um, uh, device or uh, or sensors that we can place with with the producers, but also the infrastructure that's available. So we we don't have you know we can't be monitoring our devices because the the infrastructure isn't there. We just need a low bandwidth uh, infrastructure that can that we can plug into and start collecting data from from the devices, and that's lacking. The the connect the internet connectivity is not there. That's what you're saying. It's, it's not the internet connectivity. It's the the actual connecting the device to an in, uh, a network. So the internet is there, but do we, you know, that's we've got different forms of um, uh, data infrastructure at the moment. Uh, what we see with the mainstream, which is the Telstra, the Vodafone, the Optus, it's very costly to connect devices to that and transmit, though it's one-way data, to collect the data. It's, it's expensive. But then you look at the low-band network, and, you know, like Telstra's roll, um, rolling out, LoRa at the moment, but we've also got uh, Sigfox network, which is um, uh, run um, by Cordia. Those, uh, that's the kind of um, network connectivity that we need to connect the devices to. Um, and the coverage isn't there at the moment across Australia and New Zealand. And of course, one of the major difficulties is justifying the time and investment. And farmers particularly find it hard to see the value proposition of such a tool. From the far reaches of the Kimberley, Jacinta Monk, who runs a whole of supply chain business, farming, processing and selling gubbinge, the native kakadu plum, says it's not really something that they would consider right now. Well, look, that is new technology that we are just learning about. Um, I can understand why people want that and need that in the supply chain. Um, and I think it's something we'll probably uptake further down the track. We're probably just a little bit small for that. It's 
fairly easy for us to trace our products at the moment. Maybe as we grow and scale up, um, we'll need to be able to do that. So um, this, the Evoke conference is really opening our eyes to all the different possibilities and potentials and how new technologies can help, um, especially in our remote area. Technology is how we've been able to do this, whereas beforehand, um, I think a lot of the time, mostly fruits and food has had to go to larger markets to be processed and made but now there's opportunities to do that off the grid because of new technology such as solar. Blockbit CEO Rianne Jaram agrees it's hard to quantify. First and foremost they will be able to see who is um, uh, consuming uh, their product where their product is ending up but uh, in terms of uh, tampering uh, counterfeiting spoilage they're able to get that information in real time therefore uh, we are reducing uh, the cost for them uh, for all of those things so that that's the real value that we're adding but we're also opening the channels for them for the future where they can see you know they we are enabling them to sell direct as well because we are now in a digital era everybody wants to buy things online and if you look at the statistics that's out there at the moment people are on a daily basis more and more people are shopping online and buying direct and people want to get their food the consumers want to get their food fresher not that it's gone through the the channel and it's appeared at the supermarket a week later they want to get the food sooner uh, the the produce sooner and and as fresh as possible so we are enabling the channels for the industry the agriculture industry to sell direct as well do you ever believe that there will that that traceability will enable a producer to um, put a premium on their product of course, there's a premium product demands um, premium pricing. So yes, uh, if if you look at the cost that a consumer is paying for it right now at the retailer, um, if they were buying direct, they still the farmer can still or the, or the grower and the producer can still um, benefit from that because they're not they're cutting out the cost the the third parties that are handling the produce they're cutting them out and and putting uh, a bit more revenue into their own pocket. Blockbit Solutions. CEO Rian Zhao Ram. So will there ever be a price premium offered for businesses utilising the blockchain platform? Agri-Digital's Emma Weston says it's always difficult to predict. Yeah, so I think it's always difficult to know whether or not premiums are going to be paid in market. Um, but what blockchain does do is if there is a market that is prepared to pay a premium, it can return that premium back to the producer or to whoever is um, uh, should be getting a share of that premium throughout the supply chain. So that's what blockchain is really good for and it's probably one of the better technologies that's out there for um, providing that service. It's not going to actually um, deliver the premium in market so we're still going to need great marketing bodies, great producers, great brands out there um, you know, doing the work that they do, but now with a technological proof point underneath it and the ability to return that value back. And are you seeing interest in Australian ag, from Australian ag companies of, of bulk commodities, like the grain sector? Yeah, so I think that the grain sector is not going to be the fastest moving sector, even though that's what we're very, very focused on, um, at least not in Australia. But probably one of the areas that we're seeing the highest demand is coming out of the US uh, and also Canada. And so I'd say that, you know, for us to be a little bit wary, um, because our North American compatriots are probably two to three years ahead in terms of their interest and in their implementation, um, there's also then 
in in bulk commodities in bulk commodities yep absolutely um, and then the other area to to be watching or having a watching brief on is developing countries so countries where they don't have a competitive advantage at the moment in the bulk commodity supply chain but they're using technology as their leg in for competitive advantage and so thinking about how they're building out traceability how they're building out supply chain um, innovation using technology rather than existing infrastructure I think is an area to watch. This has been another Cahoots Radio production for AgriFutures at the first Evoke Ag event in Melbourne. Evoke Ag 2020 will be held again at the Royal Exhibition Building in Melbourne on the 18th and 19th of February. Get that in your diary and for more information, evokeag.com. <laughs>